In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. So today I'm talking with Lynn Foster of Mycorrhizal and Value Flows. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Dave. Um, I've heard some very, very good things about your work from very reputable sources. Uh, and together with your partner, Bob Haugen, I've had a look at your websites and it's very technical. Um, I want to attempt to translate what you're doing for a general audience. I'm not a techie and I think that might be an advantage. So I, I've, I've witnessed techies trying to explain things to a general audience and they usually assume a level of knowledge that's not there. Uh, is, is that okay? That is totally okay and I will do my best to help in spite okay. of being a techie. Okay. So having said that, I discovered your little value flow story about the pie. Uh, about, ah. the, about the woman who bakes pies and that was yeah. very that was very non-technical and easy to follow so i'll put that in the description and <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to that later so tell me uh an overview what is it what is it that you're doing okay so bob and i uh work together and live together out here in wisconsin and um we work on software that we think will be needed to support alternative and experimental P2P, peer-to-peer -peer kinds of economic uh, systems, and uh, hopefully eventually the whole thing, because we're going to need something. Um, um, what's so we, hmm? I was just wondering, what's the name of the types of tools that you're using? Are, are they new? Did you invent them? And how long have you been doing it? Uh, we've been doing this for quite a few years, Bob longer than I. I uh, joined him more full-time when I was able to retire from my day job. Um, and uh, yeah, tools, let's see. Well, you mentioned value flows. And we created some software with various names, but probably the best known one is NRP for Network Resource Planning, which is sort of like, um, it's ERP, which is Enterprise Resource Planning, and kind of a standard tool for enterprises, uh, but for networks. And uh, let's see, what else? Names, boy. Is it, a, is it, a, is it like a toolkit? I mean... Um... <laughs> Eventually, it, it could be a toolkit. It's, and we think it needs to be Kind of a combination of, of things. Um, so there's pieces of software which we would like to um, we would like to kind of create the whole thing so that any developer can plug in software that they want using the tools and programming languages they want to use um, and that all this stuff will talk to each other and kind of create a whole networked ecosystem of software that could create a whole networked ecosystem of economic activity. And does it require any, does it require any specialized equipment or anything out of the ordinary or any specialist training? Um, it doesn't exist to that extent yet. So that's hard to answer. Some of the projects we're working with, um, 
I don't know, I'm going to say none of it's going to require specialized tools and hopefully not, you know, it depends on who you are, if you're a developer or if you're just a user group who wants to put together a nice suite of software that's open source that you can use and talk to other groups with their software, you know, that should be, we hope, easy. So what is, what is the toolkit for? What does it do? What, why are you doing this? What are you trying to achieve? So... Do you mind if I get a little kind of hand wavy for a sec? <laughs> I think we've, we've turned, we've used the term economic operating system, and I think that's what kind of put you and I into contact here. And um, Yeah, you said you were building a new, op a new operating system. What was it? Uh, an operating system for the new economy. Okay, yep, that's what we're trying to do. Now, that sounds a little grandiose, so yep, we obviously... Put my attention. <laughs> we obviously don't think that's just us, but we think we have some good building blocks for that and would love to work with other people too. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wave my hands for a second and then get more specific for you if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so some pieces that might be needed for something like an economic operating system are a, you know, a way to figure out uh, how, how we can have an economy that doesn't destroy the earth. You know, what are our limits? That would be a good idea. Yeah. It would be a good start, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, within that, okay, who's, who's going to do what? You know, obviously we're going to have to address a bunch of global inequality to, to make this happen. And some of us are going to have to take more of a hit than others of us, like me. Um, but in any case, so, you're going to have to take a hit. Well, have to have to dial down our our lifestyles. Yeah. In the West, generally, not just you. In the West, generally, in the in the in the global North, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hit 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 was a a, a too extreme word, I guess. <laughs> um, and then we, you know, once we've kind of figured out, okay, what what are the limits we need to live within to survive? Um, you know, how do we do kind of some level of planning to get us there? And I'm not, you know, planning is sort of a dirty word, so I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, giant state, you know, centralized planning kinds of things. But I think we're going to have to do some planning on all different levels, you know, starting with, okay, how much carbon? You know, okay, well, for this, for this area, what do we need for food? You know, can we get water? Um, and I think it's going to, be at all different levels and kind of depending on what it is, you know, food will be much more local. Um, maybe, have, you know, maybe heavy manufacturing will be fairly local if we can kind of get our, you know, common designs, open source designs together and, uh, you know, things like that. So, you know, food, energy, transportation, whatever, whatever our needs are and what's kind of the right scale for all of those things. Can I ask who does this planning? If the state doesn't do this planning, who does this planning? Wave some hands some more. <laughs> it, it, I mean, to me, obviously, it needs to be somehow democratic, but also based on um, knowledge of, you know, of reality, you know, and, and of what, um, I'll kind of get back around to that, because I think we'll need to plan based on real knowledge. So hierarchies what's going on in our economies. So hierarchies of competence rather than hierarchies of money. Uh, sure. 
and and of everybody, you know, possibly except the ones with money. I don't know. I don't know. You know, this is totally, this is like a total big picture wish list thing. This is not like what we're doing, but I thought I would get, you know, you set some kind of a, kind of a stage, you know. So then if with some kinds of planning, then we um, can need to have some way to coordinate our economic activity with each other and to, you know, record whatever makes sense for information that we'll need to, to plan, etc. Um, and again, I kind of picture all these overlapping scopes or levels, um, kind of depending on, on what the domain is, you know, what you're trying to do. And then um, feedback loops. So everybody that's worked on, you probably know this too from your work experience, like if you have a plan to say manufacture something, for example, within about eh, 10 minutes, something's going to go wrong, right? You can't, plans don't last very long. So you need kind of a whole set of feedback loops and replanning kinds of things and, you know, more coordination. And, you know, so a lot of stuff needs to be done in that way. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, I don't know how much, we need to plan versus, you know, just work with demand, demand within those constraints, you know, as, as it keeps occurring, you know, you can signal from demand what needs to happen too. Um, so, you know, and then we'll need some sort of accounting to figure you know, to be able to analyze the data, figure out what we're doing, figure out what we need to do better, that kind of thing. So there's the... <laughs> Okay. There's kind of, and then so we've been we've been working with a model called REA for resources, events, agents. That um, it's becoming a little lot more well known. It started in academia, early '80s. This guy named Bill McCarthy, um, and it's been experimented with some a little bit commercially, not very much. And then Bob and I have been, uh, you know, working with it and making it a little more implementation friendly. Um, and we like it. It kind of, it continues to work. Other models could be used, but it seems like a, a good one. It's very flexible and clean. Um, and then I think a way to think about all those things I talked about earlier when I was waving my hands um, and is supported by this model is resource flows. So this using this model you can connect resource flows. You can see well I made this out of these things and these things got made over here and got acquired by this other person or organization or whatever. You can track flows of resources frontwards and backwards. Um, you know, sort of the easiest, one of the examples people are most familiar with is like food things, you know. Uh, people got sick. You can tra track, trace that all the way backwards to the source. And then from that source, you can track it forwards into, okay, who, who, who else got that food? You know, so that's an example. Or you could use it to say, what's the quality of my food? Like we have a group that's, uh, is restaurants who uh, want to tell their customers, yeah, I got this from this farm. This is how they grew it, you know, that kind of thing. So 
Um, it gives you, those are kind of simple, specific examples, but um, it gives you a way to kind of see the flows of your, your whole economy and maybe get them to where they need to be, you know? Well, it's like an accounting system that accounts for a lot more than just money. Oh, yeah. A lot more than just money. And money is okay, and maybe it's needed, or maybe it's not needed, you know? I don't know. You've you all been working with mutual credit, so there's another uh, <laughs> another uh, way to think about money. But um, yeah, definitely more than money. So the other things that you might be able to account for are sustainability, democracy in the workplace, uh, cooperation, things <clears throat> like that. Um, definitely, and also like material resources that we need. How much food does my region need? You know, can we get it? Can we feed Chicago <laughs> while we're at it, you know? Um, but yeah, you can account for uh, lots of soft things too. And we were having an interesting discussion just last night with a, with a group who wants to account for health and natural resources and um, a bunch of other stuff. It was, it was a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I was, I was reading the other day that the UK imports 60% of its food. So yeah, wow, huh? if there's some sort of um, economic crash, uh, which affects the transport system and the distribution system, mm -hmm. serious, serious trouble in the UK. And it's, it's, you know, it's not as though capitalism is rock solid and it's not going to fall over. So it's, it's quite scary. Right. Um, I'm just thinking about, so if you had to label what you do, is it REA accounting? Uh, sure. Yes. Okay. You could, you could you could just you could say that. It, you know, I don't know what it would mean to different people, but so that's resource, events, agent. Yeah, resources, events, and agents. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a kind of cleaned up, re reduced model of old style old style accounting, and then taken into a place where you can network, and it doesn't matter anymore where the end of the enterprise is, you know, you can take it across groups, across people. Um, it's, um, and yeah, it involves, it sort of has this input process output pattern, input process output, that's an input to something else for creation of goods and services. And then it has just a simple transfer if you, uh, for giving something to somebody or for exchanging, um, and all that stuff hooks together. When it comes to implementation, is it really only for technical people? Uh, what do you mean by it? Uh, to, to adopt this REA accounting package or to become part of it, uh, a networked group, would you need to have some technical people on board? Right now, you definitely would. Yeah. Um, Eventually, hopefully, groups can kind of build suites of apps based on what they specifically need. And, of course, technical people. You know, it's part of our job to work with real people on the ground trying to get something done, right? So it's, it's going to be a, a partnership. And, you know, eventually, we'd like to have better ways for the whole thing to be way more intuitive, you know? We have sort of far-ranging ideas about um, kind of building some of REA into, um, into the language, sort of, so that you can just, you know, think of it as at a higher level than a developer would have to. Um, 
and then the you know the the value flows vocabulary that I focus on also you know is is meant to tie these things together in a way that's real you know and standard what what's more challenging working with software or working with people aha <laughs> I think I'm going with people. <laughs> we're so complex, you know? Yeah. And we're so embedded in capitalism. We, you know, it's, uh, it's, um, there are a lot of challenges there for us to get our heads in a place where we can work with each other and collaborate and get rid of some of that me first stuff that we all have, you know, inevitably. And um, yeah, challenging. Yeah. So my, my focus, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. So my focus is on a um, bringing people into the new economy and b linking up people who are working often in silos in the new economy together, and both of those things are really difficult. Um, yeah, good for you. Who do you want to reach with with this with what you're doing? Who can who can benefit from your work right now, and how can they adopt it? Where can they go to find out how to get involved? Uh, they could talk to us at micro, info at mycorrhizal.org. Um, we can just hook people up with what, where it makes sense. We're working on several projects where people are involved and are trying to make stuff work. And some of them are developer groups and some of them are more like user groups um, on the ground. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's, it's sort of a stage it's a very experimental stage right now. You know, we kind of went through, we try to work in cycles so that we, you know, go from theory to practice and practice to theory, you know. So we started out and did um, several systems based on REA, you know, working with kind of specific groups, some food networks and the Sensorica, the Sensor um, Open Hardware people and uh, some others. And then that's when we kind of took that experience into trying to develop value flows and we're influenced by a group that calls themselves the open app ecosystem. So they were thinking about more distributed software and more little smaller apps. So we aren't dealing with the, the giant things of, uh, that we've created and the even gianter things that are like Facebook and Google and surveillance capitalism and all that good stuff, you know? Um, but I don't know. Did I wander off your question? I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to understand how it works and how it can be adopted. But I think I understand the concept more. Um, I'm, I'm sure fishermen, for example, don't want to destroy fish stocks because it's their livelihood. And I'm sure farmers don't want to kill bees and erode soil. Uh, but those things are happening because they're those not things... account, they're not accounted for. Uh, but right. Your system accounts for all that. It certainly can account for that. It can count for all externalities as well as anything else. We, um, a few years ago, we worked briefly with a group in Nova Scotia. You mentioned fish, so that reminded me. Um, and they, you know, and that was exactly the situation. It's, they've been, you know, they're these big trawlers that just rake the bottom of the ocean and destroy the fishing beds, but for right now, they can get fish cheaper than the people doing landlines, the small fishermen who are fishing sustainably, you know. Um, 
And they were able to, using just data from the government, they were able to map out some pretty amazing stuff, even though the externalities were really hard to get. Like, there's no data on how badly are you destroying the fishing beds, you know? But there's data that says they're sending fish to China to get filleted that sends, gets sent back to be put in Nova Scotia grocery stores, you know? It's just like <laughs> so crazy what stuff. What happens to this data that you collect? Um, is it sort of made available to the public so they can make choices about their shopping habits? Or does it affect the price somehow? How does it affect the real world? Well, right now it affects the real world in very, very small ways. You know, we've worked with small groups. This is all that stuff I said at the beginning. That's like pie in the sky, right? Um, so when you say how does it or how is it, that's, there's a a lot of work to be done. You know, right now we're just sort of starting back into another set of projects. You know, our old software has really become too old to be very workable. Um, And so we're sort of in this in-between place where we don't even have much to to offer people concretely. Um, So there's several projects working using value flows, um, REA, and... uh, trying stuff on the ground you know none of them are well one of them there's one in europe that uh is working on circular economy stuff um using several pilot cities that uh, could be pretty interesting but you know right so right now it's just like dabbling and getting these pieces of experience and trying to figure out how to do it in a non-facebook google way and is the all the so I'm trying to work out how to ask this question. Is the data available for consumers so they can make decisions about their consumption? Or is it for the producers to make decisions about their production? My opinion is that the data should be basically open. I mean, that maybe there's some internal data that shouldn't be open, but fundamentally, I think data and software for that matter should be open. Like we should, you know, start gaining this trust between ourselves, to be honest. And if we want to try to build something sort of alongside what exists now, I think that's pretty fundamental. And, and could producers cheat the system somehow to make it look as though their production was more sustainable than it actually is? Uh, I don't know yet. There are people, there's a lot of discussion about trust and trustless software, um, you know, the blo- starting with the blockchain and all of that. Um, and I don't know exactly where that balance should be, but there are a lot of people working on how to make the data fairly secure and untamperable. But you know what? I don't know. That's definitely not my area of specialization. So, and I, you know, I hope we can work out a balance. Would it, um, would it benefit small businesses and cooperatives in some way? Or could capitalist companies just use it to their advantage as well? Um, possibly they could. I don't know. It's, um, I guess it depends on how things are set up. But it can definitely benefit cooperatives and small businesses and people and other kinds of forms of organization that people are experimenting with. But, you know, if you think about cooperatives, and cooperatives are sort of you know, there's, there are a lot of forms of that too. You know, you have producer cooperatives, worker, worker cooperatives, consumer cooperatives, and you can have more multi-stakeholder 
cooperatives, you know, that try to combine that and um, balance uh, pricing and whatever, even just within the cooperative. So yeah, but that it's certainly an opportunity to start networking all those things together. So could you just say a little bit more about REA accounting, what it means, the resource uh, event agent? How are those three things linked together and, and how is it different from conventional accounting? So conventional accounting has like credits and debits and that sort of thing. Um, computers gave us the capability to not have to do accounting that way where you were keeping those balances. So REA accounting kind of starts with recording just what happens and that's the basis of all summarized data, you know. Um, what happens is an event and an event can create a resource, it can make more of a resource, um, it can consume some or all of a resource, it can use a resource like a piece of equipment or something, so that's not gone, but it's unavailable for some hours or whatever. Um, you can, you know, maintain a resource, fix it, make it back to what it should be, you can, um, and that those things can all be services too, you know, and they can be sort of, so you can, uh, somebody can, you know, you can go to the dentist and receive some dental services or whatever that makes your health better. Um, so anyway, so events are all those things. Events are what puts things in, puts resources in motion in some way. Um, and agents are people or organizations or groups of any kind that have agency. Um, so an event usually has like an agent that's a provider and an agent that's a receiver. And the simplest one you can think of is just like, I'm gonna give you uh, some cookies. I'm the, I'm the provider agent, you're the receiver agent. That was a, an event that transferred some cookies from me to you. Um, Let's see, that was the event, the resource, and the agent. You know, like I said earlier, we have also a, a, something called process, so that we have in processes that have input events and output events, um, so that that's a way that production and creation happens. You know, like input might be some work, and input might be some components. Um, might be a piece of equipment that you use. You might have used somebody's design and you want, might want to cite that and say, wow, this design, you know, was a really important input to what I made. Um, and here's what I made and here's all the work I did and here's some work that some other people did and, you know, using their skills, uh, which is sort of a, a little our resource, you know. Um, so that's, that's how it works. And, and REA. Plus a process, and so that, and that you can do that at the planning level. You can do that at the, you know, actual work level, and you can do it to kind of think ahead. You know, you can use it for budgeting, or you can use it for higher level analysis, or whatever. It's all the same REA pattern. And it can, can it be used in every sector of the economy? Can you think of any sectors that it just can't, it wouldn't work in? I think it can be used in every sector of the economy. Um, and if it can't, we should make it so. Like, I really think we need this basic, simple model to be able to hook all this stuff together. 
productively. So I think so. And at the moment, are you, uh, are you, are you getting paid by clients or do you get funding or is it pro bono? <laughs> it's uh, all pro bono for me and Bob. We, uh, we're retired. We get U.S. Social Security, which is sort of the government pension that you build up by through your working life. And so we've uh, and we moved to the country where we can live really cheaply and relatively sustainably. And so, yeah, we, we just do it. And it we fun? are privileged to be able to do that. Is it fun? Oh, yeah. It's super fun. <laughs> I mean, it's really wonderful just being able to work together like I, I can't even imagine working by myself in a lot of ways um, you know and we complement each other so yeah it's super fun and we you know we we work a lot but we work at a comfortable pace we don't punch any clocks we do what needs doing and you know and then we take a walk and kind of talk and figure out where we're at or whatever and you know it's like that we need to do a chore we just go do a chore or 